Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. We're going to have a little bit of an interactive morning. Some different things online you can take. Snap it as well. There's a QR code on, that will be up on screen if it's not. It's just so funny. Everybody's phone's coming up at once. This is probably the one and only time we will be told to use your phone in church. <clears throat> First question is, how are you? This is a practice round. We're going to see how this goes. So tell us, tell us how you are with an emoji today. It will come up on screen. It will be so fun. Let's see if this works. Aw, there's a cute little kissy one. Oh, there's a few kissy ones. There's some. Oh, somebody's got a, I don't know. Oh, that thumbs up one could be kind of tricky. It could go thumbs down. Oh, look at that. We have a dancing girl. We have, oh, somebody is sleeping. I'm wondering if that is somebody in the room or somebody online at home. Isn't this fun? Yeah. We're going to call a couple of, so many squares. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know what that one is, but you're square this morning. You are a clean slate. All right. Okay, there'll be more that are coming up. Now that you got the hang of it, there'll be a few of these throughout the morning. So I'm going to start. I got a story. Keep your phone handy because there's going to be another poll come up you're going to answer. Imagine a five-year-old, maybe your child, a niece, a nephew, somebody you are caring for. Imagine they come up to you. They came running up, and they have the most amazing Lego creation they have spent a lot of time making. And their question is, look at what I made. Do you like it? Is it good? How many of you moms can relate? I'll, I'll, okay, so here's how would you answer. That's great. You're very creative or interesting, or weren't you supposed to be cleaning your room? Number four, it's just Lego. It's not spiritual. Only spiritual things are good. Or number five, you don't see anything because you're on TikTok. Very gal. All right, you have a chance. Let's see how the poll comes in. I hate turning my head to the back, but I'm going to try to look at it this way. Okay, we got, oh, look at, oh, some of you, if you're on TikTok, 60.6, oh, that keeps going up. You weren't, weren't you supposed to be cleaning your room? These are good. Somebody, oh, there's a few TikTok people on here. So great. We're hopefully, that is like siblings not paying attention to their younger brothers and children and not the parents on TikTok ignoring your child. Okay, we got most of us, as we can see, oh, they're, oh, we keep coming in here. This is so fun. 78% of us are decent human beings. <laughs> we have 3%, that's actually higher than I thought. Oh, 3.68 are on TikTok. Uh, okay, we have the, it's just like, a, we have a small percentage of that. Oh, that's interesting, because you're maybe the realist, and you're like, I don't know what to say, but that's interesting. But here's the thing. If a normal human being is able to appreciate and value a cute little creative thing a five-year-old made, you don't have the time, don't even know what it is, and you know within two minutes they're going to wreck it and make something else. <laughs> if we as human beings know how to value that, how much more does our Heavenly Father value 
our own little Lego creations. Now, I'm not talking literally. I'm talking about the things in life that we make that are temporary, that are kind of frivolous, that aren't spiritual. And yet, those things actually matter to God a lot. A lot. Can you say a lot? A lot. See, one of the greatest keys to living a purpose-filled life, actually of living a life of eternal value, one of the greatest keys is the ability to see and believe that the everyday, ordinary, seemingly insignificant, mundane things that are temporary and that aren't spiritual actually matter to God a lot. That's actually one of the greatest keys to living a purpose-filled life, to living a life of kingdom value, living a life of eternal value. And I've got two statements that we're going to repeat over and over. They're this. Say this with me. Say, I am an image bearer, and my work matters. Now, I think we're going to say it one more time, just so we get it, because we're going to say this a few times. I'm taking Jen Blackwood's teaching tips. It's a great tip. I am an image bearer, and my work matters. All right, we have started on a new series. Jer launched it last week. So good. Church in the wild. Church in the wild. Playing your part in God's work in the world. Okay, here's the next poll. This is coming up. We need your help on this one. Here's the question. What type of work does God do in the world? One word answer. What type of work does God do in the world? What does he do? How do we go? Oh, we got healing, love, miracle worker, miracle saves, heals hearts, reconciliation, important, good, saves, redemption, generous, motivator, gives hope, creates, teacher, healer, builds, very good. What's that one? Important, Merle? Oh, maybe there's a misspell. Merle. I don't know what Merle is. Anyway. All right. What type of work does God do in the world? Good. Okay, here we go. We're going to jump in. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Everyone say, I'm blessed. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Everyone say, rule. Rule. Just say, I am an image bearer, and my work matters. Here's Genesis 2. Now, what Genesis 2 is, it's a restating of Genesis 1, the creation of man in the garden, and a little bit more of an expansion of the story. And in 2.15, we find out this, what God did. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Everyone say, work and watch. Work and watch. You were made to be a worker and a watcher. 
Now, depending on your Bible, it might be keep it. It means to protect it, to guard it. But what do we mean by work? See, some people think work is of the devil. <laughs> some people think work is the result of the curse. It's not. Work is a very important, intrinsic part of who you are and who you were created to be. See, work as we're talking about it this morning, but also work as you see it in Scripture. Work isn't just employment. Work is any human activity that is productive and positively affects creation. That's the kind of work we're talking about. So that work might be making a good house to provide a home for someone. But that work might also be you playing your best ball game because you develop skills God gave you. Work is also creating a loving, caring, healthy environment in the home so your kids can flourish. So there's a life-giving environment for the next generation. See, work is your job, but it's also volunteering. Work is when you're serving on team here at church or when you're volunteering in your kid's classroom in kindergarten and you're helping cut out things or helping put glue on things. Work is leisure activities. Work is home repairs and car repairs. Work is creative endeavors like art and music and design and poetry and songwriting. But work is also the mundane activities or things we would think are just mundane. Things like changing diapers. Things like doing your homework. Or making a budget. Sticking to the budget. <laughs> Balancing the checkbook and paying your bills. Let's say our keystone statement again. Say, I am an image bearer. And my work matters. My work matters. See, we as human beings, we've been given a special identity. We're image bearers. And see, this is why anything that comes to attack your identity, anything that comes to distort or warp or try to define your identity in a way that God does not define you, all of those things are an affront to God. And that's why the enemy works overtime to try to destroy your identity or twist it just enough that you get so confused about life and about who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. It's why teenage years are so hard. Because one of the greatest attacks is against your identity, knowing who you are. You are an image bearer. You are incredible. You were magnificent, not because you're so great, but because of who you reflect. Your reflection of God, our amazing creator, our heavenly father. So we have this special, we're the special creation, but we have this special calling. We're called to be workers, but not just a certain, not just any worker. We're called to be a certain kind of workers. We're called to be stewards. Now, a steward is somebody who they work on behalf of another person. They work on behalf of the owner. And in our case, we're working on behalf of the owner who actually happens to be our Heavenly Father. 
He is our Father in heaven. And see, as humans, our lives were designed to flourish and are designed to experience the greatest fulfillment when the work we're doing, the activities that we're doing, whatever we're doing, it in some way is reflecting the nature or the character of God. Now, we'll, we'll, we're, we're going to get another poll going here in just a minute, but we're just going to practice here. Let's talk about, an example, the, ref, the character of God. So if I have, you know, I have a stash of drugs, <laughs> and I'm selling that on the street, that's not really reflecting the nature of God. Do we understand? <laughs> yes, that's a very extreme example. But somebody like a janitor, you know what a janitor is? A janitor actually is a great example in their work of reflecting God the protector. Do you know how? Because when they're cleaning, they are protecting us from microbiological warfare. <laughs> All the bacteria that could really hurt us in extreme measures. I am very thankful for the janitors that clean. Can you imagine if they didn't clean the toilets? Yeah, that would not just look bad. It would stink. It'd be bad. But a janitor also, you think about it, a lot of their work is behind the scenes. They do a lot that you don't even think about. You go to school, you don't even think about the janitors. You go to work, you don't think about you came in and the floor was vacuumed and the garbage was thrown away and all the other stinky stuff was cleaned out. It's all behind the scenes stuff, but it's making sure everything is sustained. The janitors are representing God, the sustainer. Because there's so much that God does everywhere from bringing in the wind to dry up the ground that needs to be dry so crops can be planted. But he also sends rain at the right time. God who is sustaining with all of the animals and the trees and the moss and the, the rain. And he, 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 he holds up the ecosystems that are enabling them to function. God does this all behind the scene and he rarely gets credit for it. Just like a janitor. They're sustaining an environment. So let's, here we go. Here's our poll. If your work was a reflection of God's character, now again, we're not talking job, we're not talking your employment, we're talking any work you're about. So students, your work, somebody who doesn't have a full time, you're not employed by a job, you still have work that you're doing. If your work is a reflection of the character of God, what qualities of God's character might your work reveal. Just think about it for a minute. Oh, we got some good ones up there. Unconditional love, uplift, helping, kindness, patience, excellence, mentorship, care of animals. I like that. Thoughtfulness, cooperation, detailed. Yes, God is a God of details. Design, caring, Keeping people safe, generosity, strength, humility, teaching, joy, forgiveness, discipleship. Oh, that's a cool one. Guidance, servant, restoring order. I love that. See, I hope you're starting to think of your job in a different way, your work in a different way. Now, if you play on sports teams, I hope you can start to see that work, that activity 
in a different way. Because see what's happened. See, the reason we don't see this and we don't make this connection automatically is because of what happened in the garden when humanity fell. When we chose self over what God had set up as the best way for life to function. See, when humanity chose knowledge of good and evil over the life of God living through us, something got broken in our thinking. Something got broken in our understanding. Now, we hear a word like sin, and immediately there's a host of all sorts of images and and responses that go up in our mind. We think bad person. We think moral. We think this. You might have a host of things, bad actions that you've done, but sin actually literally means missing the mark. So what happened when humanity fell was we missed the mark. In other words, we failed in our responsibility of being human as it relates to working and watching or keeping and protecting the garden. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? We failed. The morality part of sin is just the tip of the iceberg. It's so much greater than that. Sin is ultimately a failure of responsibility. It's a failure in our being able to be stewards of the work, the activity, the whatever we're doing that God has given us. So we get really frustrated and we go to work. And some of you right now, I know you're going to work every day. You're doing it out of duty. You're doing it because you want to be a good provider. You're doing it because you got to pay off a student loan. Or you're doing it because you got to do this. Or some of you are you're frustrated because a season has changed in your life and you're kind of in between. And you used to derive joy, maybe unfortunately your identity from your work but not so anymore, and you're frustrated, and you're feeling this angst, and you're feeling like you don't have a purpose, you don't have meaning, you get up, and you just, you're kind of going through the motions, students, you do this, you go to school, you just kind of put in time, it's just like you can't wait till lunch or recess, or school is over, or you can't wait till you graduate to get on with the next stage of life, and then in the meantime, there is all this opportunity To live in a way that not only brings purpose to our life, but literally is about transforming the world that we live in. But see, sin has made us blind, and it's it's broken that connection in our minds to be able to understand that whatever I am doing, if I'm doing it in a way that is wanting to honor God and to reflect his nature, that is good work. Everything is spiritual when it's done with this attitude of, God, I want to honor you. And so we had the fall that we failed to be stewards. The only problem with that is God didn't say, well, you guys blew it. Okay, we got to come up with enough. No, he said the plan and the stewardship was never taken away from us. You're still called to be a steward. And that's what God will hold us accountable for one day. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But see, it was never taken away. In Psalm 8, the psalmist, he celebrates our stewardship. Listen to this. He says, when I look at the sky and I see the work of your fingers, he's talking about God, the moon, the stars you set in place. What are mere mortals that you should even think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. 
It's also reinforced in the New Testament in Colossians. And this is just one verse of many that Paul said so many different ways and so many different times. In three, Colossians 3.17, Paul said, whatever you do, everyone say whatever. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. You are changing diapers. How can you change a diaper as a representative of the Lord Jesus? Well, you can clean that bum really good because that makes a big difference. <laughs> but you know what? You can also do it with an act of love. Oh, God, I really hate messy diapers. This is gross. But God, I love my child. <laughs> God, thank you for my kid. God, thank you that I used to be a lawyer in corporate, and now I'm at home changing diapers. And this is a good season. I don't derive my identity, my sense of worth, for how many cases I'm winning. But as I reflect your nature, I'm reflecting, God, your love. I'm reflecting your kindness. I'm reflecting your care over this little baby right now. You know, Jesus taught it in many ways. This idea of stewardship. And one of the most famous of his stories is one we're going to do today. Okay, where's my Micah? Or not Micah. Sorry, Micah. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. Where's Kaisek? Jackson, come on up here, buddies. You said you're giving me my helpers. I need one more. You want to help me, Cody? Cut, get the cousins up here. All right. All right, guys. How many of you are familiar with Matthew 25, 1 to 4, 14 to 30? Are they coming up? Come on up, guys. Come on up on stage. Here we go. Which one is going to be? <laughs> Let's give them a hand. All right. All right. Matthew 25, 14, Jesus tells a story. He said, for it's just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents. Hold out your hand. One, two, three, four, five. To one, he gave two. There you go. To one, he gave one. You're going to be a good sport. <laughs> and then what did he do? He went on a journey, and it said immediately... The five talent and the two talent went to work. So what we're going to do, I need somebody, honey, you can be the timer for me. I need you to pull out. I need you two minutes. Two-minute timer. You and you have two minutes to run around this room and any way you can multiply that, however you can. Beg, ask your parents, somebody, do a jerk or whatever, Okay. So ready to go? You, unfortunately, Kaizik, you were the one person. Just a minute. The man who received one went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So you can have a seat right there. <laughs> You'll be a good sport, I promise you. Okay, are you ready? you got two minutes to multiply. Make as much money as you can with that. All right? Okay, on your mark, get set, go! Let's see what they're going to do. Oh, he's got Uncle O. <laughs> oh, help him out here, guys. Help him out. Way to go! <laughs> One talent. Master, I know you're a harsh man, and I was afraid. 
and went off and hid your talent. Now, this is not you, Kaiser, because I made you do this. See, you have what is yours. And his master replied, you lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered. Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> this, give me, you can have your talent just for a minute. Okay. This... <laughs> this flies in the face of every socialistic bone in our bodies. We will not say a thing about that anymore because it just speaks for itself. Why would you take and give it to the one that has? I don't need to do anything. I should just be taken care of. And that mindset is so prevalent in our worlds, not just in a, not just in a take care of me sort of way, but in other ways where we don't use what God has given us. Can we say this again? Say our keystone phrase, I am an image bearer and my work matters. All right, guys, take your haul. You need, collect it. It's yours. You can be a kind sister and share with your brother. I feel bad. Here, Kaizik, here. You were a good sport. There you go. Okay. <laughs> there is grace in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you're going to do that. Just scoop it all up. There you go. Put it <laughs> we're going to share it all. So great. I love it. You guys are awesome. Way to go. I am impressed. Wow, I never thought it would go that far. That's amazing. Way to go, guys. <laughs> What's that? It is a generous church. Thank you all. There you go. Scoop it all in there. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. You can scoop it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Un the uncle will help you. Scoop it off. Here we go. There you <laughs> go. Thank you, guys. So good. One more time. Say, I am an image bearer, and my work matters. You know, one of the greatest ways we are called to steward, which means to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. When we read that, we think babies, and it is not just babies. How are you multiplying what God has given you? And one of the greatest ways that we are stewards is taking stock of whatever we have been blessed with. And using that blessing, it could be a talent, it could be an opportunity, it could be experience, it could be a tool. It could be a cool activity that you like to do or you're good at. But it's using what we've been blessed with and taking it and using it in a way to serve others or to address the brokenness we see in the world. See, everybody, every time you see an area in your life that is, you see even in our world around you, something that makes you mad and you see it's broken, it's not working. 
You're seeing that because God is put within you something small, big, maybe massive in order to address that need and to work with him and put it right. Every time someone says, why doesn't the church do? Guess what? You are the church. And you see a ministry, you see a hole, not because the church is broken, but because you're supposed to fix the broken hole. You are supposed to be the fixer, the healer, the mender, the builder, the creator, the supporter, the sustainer, the cleaner, the provider, the make it better person. That's what we are. Everyone say it again. I am an image bearer and my work matters. There is in your notes, don't look at it now, you can look at it later. There is a cute blessing and brokenness little activity to help you sort this out. But why all the interactions today? Why do we do this? Why surveys? Why all this? Number one, you are not meant to be a spectator in the kingdom of God. You are not meant to be a spectator in the house of God. You are a participator. And see, we are vital as humans to the process of new creation that God is revealing on the earth. God never meant to save you from your sins and you sit here and wait until Jesus returns and you're whisked to some place called heaven where you sit on a cloud and do nothing. That might have been your Sunday school story, but that is not the Bible story. That is not the biblical story. See, what the cross did, the cross dealt with our sin. The cross freed us so that we could actually be human beings again so that we could be good stewards of what God's called us to be and to do. God freed us first. This is why salvation. Salvation is just not about the forgiveness of your sins so you can be a morally good person. God had to free humans first through the cross of Jesus Christ to save us because we're part of the rescue plan for the rest of the planet. We're part of those called to bring and release God's healing power in the systems that are broken in our world, in families that are broken. You're called to be the best accountant, making those books balanced because your excellence is a way of revealing the new creation life of God here on the planet. It is a powerful, powerful calling. And see, every time we reflect God's nature into creation, what we're doing is we're giving people a taste of the nature of God, but you know what else we're doing when we release the nature of God into creation? It's like we're releasing God's DNA into creation. And wherever God's DNA flows, man, life, renewal, redeeming, transformation happens. That is what we do in the everyday ordinary things. I want you to take your Lego piece that hopefully you got when you came in, and if you came in and didn't get one, you probably came in the wrong door, sorry. You can get one when you go if you really want a momentum. But I want you to take this and I want you to look at it. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about the work, the activities of your everyday. I want you to think about the things that you are frustrated with that you feel are fruitless, they don't matter, nobody sees them. It's just routine over and over and over again, and you're like, God, when can my life make a difference? 
look at your Lego. I want you to imagine this represents all the activity of your life. And you're holding it up to your Heavenly Father and saying, Father, does this matter? Look what I made. Look what I'm doing. Is it good? you know what there is a purpose that God has created you for can we first I just want to pray anybody I just I know we're going a little bit longer but could you raise your hands anybody who is in a season right now of frustration as it relates to your current whether not just job but it's just it is a frustrating season of life that has just been really challenging one that you're mad at hate for us just keep your hands up I want to pray for you father every single hand raised God, they represent, oh God, the most amazing, amazing potential. Father, for your, Father, for your purpose to come through in ways that are beyond imagination. And Father, right now, I just pray that there would be a freeing that would come. Father, every area where there is a restriction in people's soul, Father, where the capacity to imagine and dream has been paralyzed, where it's, Father, where it just feels like I'm just going through the motions and I don't quite know and am I going to get out of this season and the frustration with an employment or a job or a boss or just the routine of work. God, I pray for a supernatural touch from heaven that today, God, that you would bring an awakening and ability to see the powerful work that is the powerful season, the activities. Father, whatever it is to be able to see with new eyes and a new capacity to see through the kingdom purpose that you have created them for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And one other prayer before we pray together. It's a prayer of saying, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you and see to live a life on purpose. It is only through the life of Jesus Christ. You can't do that out of trying hard enough. You can't do that out of your own goodness. It only comes through a relationship with Jesus where the Spirit of God is living through you. And if you've never prayed to say, Jesus, I surrender to you, we're going to pray together now online and in the room. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for what you did at the cross to free me and forgive me. I say yes to this gift of salvation. I want to serve you, I worship you, and follow you all the days of my life. I surrender to you now in your name. Amen. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.